0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network,
1: which is proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in possible. Coming up, the latest episode of Best of Everything with Michaela Bennett. Mikayla gets you up-to-date on all the latest news and storylines from all of our shows on KCSN. Whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, KU, K-State, Mizzou, Sporting KC, or the KC Current, Michaela has you covered. Best of Everything is proudly presented by Charlie Hustle, your go-to when needing some new gear for any of your favorite local teams. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. And now the latest episode of Best of Everything.
2: This is the Best Earning Petter by Charlie Hustle, and I am your host, Michaela Bennett. We have a lot going on this week. We off the field, on the field, on social media with Chiefs players, Chiefs fans, even, and current Chiefs players. There are there's a lot going on and a lot to talk about. And we have a Saturday game this week. Normally. Best of everything comes out the day before on Saturday because Chiefs play on Sunday. But with the Saturday game, it is going to be nice and frigid for that game. Saturday against the Seahawks, Christmas Eve game at noon at Arrowhead. Bring your coats, bring your mittens, bring your stocking caps, bring bring everything you can. It is going to be a very, very cold one. But we rewind a little bit to talk about last week's overtime win against the Houston Texans. I don't think we necessarily want to relive that game, but the overtime when the play with McKinnon was that was a good one. That was very nice to see. But there have been a lot of problems in the four quarters before that. The Chiefs fighting for the number one seed in the AFC, while the Houston Texans have won one game this season and we're defeating the Chiefs during the game. That causes some alarms to go off in Arrowhead Kingdom. But So do turnovers, and turnovers this week are what really impacted the Chiefs and have impacted the Chiefs a lot this season. So much so that on Kansas City City Laboratory this week, Matt Kent and Craig sat down to talk about just that, turnovers. And last year, it was in the air. It was Mahomes throwing interceptions. This year, it's on the ground and other people just fumbling the ball. So how can the Chiefs improve this? Because going into playoffs, you can't turn the ball over and expect to win. So Casey laboratory talks about this and what the chiefs need to do to ensure that this doesn't happen anymore.
3: And it's kind of the same
4: thing as last year, but in a little bit of a different spin last year, it was mostly drops. We spent so much time talking about drops this year. We're talking about the ball being put on the ground as so much, and it's, it's frustrating, but like this is, I think this is what, this is what this team is. I don't think they're just magically going to start, you know, not putting the ball on the ground now. Maybe a little positive regression on losing those fumbles could be could be you know in in the works for them, but the margin for air for for putting the ball on the ground for this football team and this version of the Kansas City Chiefs is slim
3: because of the other side of the ball, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yeah, I, I actually, Ken's teasing his article. I got an article coming out this week as well that's looking at every turnover that the Chiefs offense had and how the defense responded to every one of those turnovers. So that that's coming up a little bit later this week. It's too much at this point. And I realize that turnovers are a fluky thing. Um, you take care of the ball. You know, sometimes bad things happen. Again, as we talked about last night after the game, the Isaiah Pacheco fumble, like that one, that was pretty fluky. You got two hands on the ball and you just run straight into another human being and it pops out. Fluky stuff happens, but not all of these are fluky. I think we all remember back to that Denver game. Patrick Mahomes throws three bad interceptions like it should not have released the ball. We, We can think back to several muffed punts by Sky Moore. We can think back to, you know, putting the ball on the ground a few times by you know jet mckinnon has done it a couple of times this year he's been great as of late but he did not start the season particularly well protecting the ball it's too much and like kent said there the margin for error is so incredibly slim on defense you cannot you you cannot risk anything here by putting the ball giving teams extra possessions and it doesn't matter what the offense that they're playing is because right now it's not good they're not allowing drives or they're not coming up with stops on drives very often so giving those extra possessions it does make it feel like the offense has to be perfect every other time they touch the ball and that's not fair to the offense necessarily but it's also not fair to the defense to be turning the ball over this much and saying, "Hey guys, step up, save us again." You know, both ways, it doesn't really work in the Chiefs' favor here.
5: Right, let let let's go more positive. Um, let's let jump back <laughs> to the positivity. Hey, the run game. What's what's going on run game? Yeah, cool. Houston Texans defense, not not the best versus the run, um, but. The Chiefs were able to run the ball very well. You know what, 25 carries for, oh, what, 130-ish yards for McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco? Like, it was, they were running the ball well. When they decided to settle down and actually call run plays, it, it went really well. The Chiefs were able to run the ball downhill. The zone run game was working. The RPO runs were working. Like, just essentially, everything was working with the run game, and that's nice to see. I don't think that's going to matter. When you go to play better defenses with more talent. I mean, it's nice to see that the Chiefs will lean on it a little bit more when they have to, right? It's nice to see that they will, Mahomes can play the whole, you're going to give this to me, I'm going to take it, and we can run the ball against you kind of football game. Because this is something that last year, the Chiefs wouldn't have been able to pull off, or they didn't pull off and with any level of consistency. So it's nice to see that that was in the back pocket, especially in a game that, I mean, quite simply, we said I said it last week, but this week, it's a weird game. It was a chaotic, weird game against a bad football team, and I'm sure that causes some kind of nerves or butterflies to the team as they're sitting there on the sideline. They're like, wait a second. Why are we losing to a team that has one win when we are competing to be the number one seed in the AFC? Like I'm sure that kind of starts to play in the back of your mind as you get to, towards the end of the first half. So relying on... What was available? All those little quick passes to the flats every time the Texans, for some reason, tried to continue, like blitz, like seven plays in a row, it felt like. And it was just ball to the flat, ball to the flat, ball to the flat. And no answer on the run game.
4: And no answer for it.
2: Well, there seems to be a few problems that the Chiefs have besides just turnovers. And on Outside the Trenches this week, BJ brings up one of, of the other ones, and that is kicking. So a lot of people have been... Blaming Harrison Bucker for the missed field goals, the missed extra points, and there is a lot of social chatter going on about this. So much so that former Chiefs punter Dustin Colquitt chimed in on Twitter to give his two cents. Well, this caused an uproar because Tommy Townsend, the Chiefs current punter, decided to utter back with his response. Now... We talk about this a lot on Outside the Trends this week, as well as one-on-one, Jeff and Mike sat down with the one and only Dustin Colquitt to talk about just that. But right now, BJ gives his take on why people are blaming Harrison Bucker and what is really going on with the Chiefs kicking and missing so many extra points and field goals.
6: Dustin Colquitt opened this up and Dustin Colquitt make sure you check out the interview that he did with Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito on -on one-on-one uh because Dustin Colquitt had made some headlines this week talking about the the holds and just the that it's not necessarily all Harrison Butker's fault I'm curious your thoughts I didn't take it as he was calling out Tommy Townsend as much as he was explaining that it's not all Harrison that there's other aspects of this that have to be better in that way kind of educating fans to be like look a little bit closer than just quickly blaming everything on a kicker which i have been guilty of everybody has been guilty of um so far this year blaming a lot of this on butker who hadn't said one word about tommy townsend in the holes if this has been an issue we haven't heard one peep out of harrison butker pointing a finger at anybody else just curious your thoughts on specifically what he said and just the idea of a former player but somebody who's still friends with guys in that locker room a legend in a Kansas city chiefs, uniform, you know, and Dustin Colquitt coming out in, like I said, just kind of educating us on, Hey, there could be some other stuff. There is some other stuff going on here.
7: I think it's cool because I have, I, I know a little bit about, about holding just from what I've heard, like when I was playing and, and how you do certain things like that. Uh, but I think that the main thing that he emphasized was that there is at angles to the ball and how you hold and, and, and where you put the laces and, you know, outside of, you know, laces out Finkel, uh, you know, j- uh, but I think I think it was it was cool that he put that out there. And it's kind of stinks that if you're a young guy, no offense to your boys, Hucker, but if you're not listening to a person who literally did your job for like 12, 15 years and has brothers who've done that job for like 12 years, you're like a the punting family. Right. The, you're like the manning of punting. Uh, so it's like you got to listen. And it's like, does he fall on deaf ears? That's disheartening. You know, it's really disheartening because it's like, you don't know it all, especially as a, as a young, as a, as a newer, as a newer player, you don't know it all. And that's sad, sad to hear. Right. I do think uh, Tommy does have some relationship with the Colquitts prior to uh, even coming to Kansas city. He, he went to Tennessee for I think two years before transferring to Florida and he had met uh, Dustin or I, I can't remember the other the Colquitts. In, but, yeah. Uh, and they, cause they're around Tennessee um, all the time. They do camps up there. So I'm, um, uh, I think they're from Knoxville, so it, it. I think he'd been associated with Dustin a little bit before them, but yeah, it is something that uh, I know a lot of people have tweeted out clips of all of Harrison Butker's misses and are like now
6: di- dissecting the <laughs> angle of the ball, where the laces are. It's perfect, it's educating yes. fans and like, yes. yeah, it's That's not cool. a problem. The only one who crossed the line. When Tommy said, like, we don't listen to people on the outside who don't know what they're talking about. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Just because he said, you're a phenomenal punter, but this has not been good. It's okay for somebody to come out and say, this isn't good enough, especially somebody that has done it as long as Dustin Colquitt. I did not take it Mm. as disrespectful that something has been going very poorly. Dustin, obviously, is friends with Harrison Butker. They have a relationship. I don't know if he talked to him. I don't know if that's where this is coming from, but the entire city is clamoring down on, on Harrison Butker for months about how bad he's been this year. And if there is truth to Tommy struggling, Tommy hasn't stepped up and said a word of it's not on Harrison. Like I need to do a better job with what I've been doing. He didn't say that, but as soon as anybody shine the lights on him, he goes and calls out Dustin Colquitt. It's like, that's a bad look, especially when your teammate hasn't said a word about you to come out and do it that way that makes it look even worse in my opinion. And that's where I'm like team Colquitt in that he didn't, wasn't disrespectful about it. He came out and educated fans who needed to know more about what they were talking about.
2: And just like BJ said, the whole Kansas city chiefs fandom has kind of pointed the finger at Harrison Bucker. And that's a lot to put on someone. I don't think it all comes down to just one field goal, one extra point, because there are a lot of moments in a football game that can win or lose it for you. And sometimes it just comes down to that last second field goal. Well, you can't always put it on the kicker. And like BJ said earlier, check out the full interview on on one-on-one this week with Jeff Allen, Mike DeVito, and Dustin Colquitt, three former Chiefs. A great time. And I have a little bit of it for you right now. And Dustin Colquitt, he explains his comments on Twitter. He explains where he was coming from, why he made the comments he did, and what he means by it. Obviously, there was no ill will in the comments he made to Twitter, but people took it as that and ran with it. You know, Dustin's just wanting the Chiefs to get another ring. So he sits down and explains where that was coming from, what he meant by it, and gives his side of the story.
7: What
8: I see in that room, what he's great at, what Dave Tobes great at, is he treats everybody the same. Right. Differently. Right. Right. They're great at treating everybody differently. Everybody's different in the room, and so they treat everybody the same. Differently. Right. And so you're not going to tell Frank Clark you got to change your way you know anything he, he's just that's what makes him frank clark
4: right. that's
8: the puzzle piece that they brought into kansas city and as jeff you i mean i always laugh when he said it because the offensive line guys i think always i mean Andy Reid is very funny and yeah, David Togg is very his dry humors off the charts
7: yeah
8: and uh but when when andy would say build you know build this dummy and then he would say let your personality show yes yeah I love that because everybody relaxed and said, Hey, I can be myself here. I just got to bring my a game in in between the white lines. Right. And so Tommy is bringing his a game in between, in between the white lines, my address, even though it looked per, it was, it was personal. I get it. And I acted out as Bucker is a godfather for one of my sons, Kinsler, actually KJ, the one that we're talking about earlier. And so I'm watching, but, Bucker getting, hey, we need to figure out a new kicker. We need to figure out a kicker. When I know very well, it's not just about the holder. It's about all three of the guys, and it's not in sync.
7: Right. Yeah.
8: And right. if you want to get mad at me for saying this right now in week fourteen or whatever week we are, fine. But I know one thing. Right now they're working on it. I'm sure Bucker, James, Tommy, they've all like talked and said, "Hey, this is a." elephant in the room that we got to talk about that we've been talking about that we might as well. Now. I hate that. I don't like it. When I sent it out, I I knew it was going to be kind of crazy, but I knew it was going to be taken. You have to look at it now. Right. Right, Yeah. And so if, if, if if they get into a situation where now they hit all of their kicks down the stretch, the laces are all heading downfield and they win a ring, I'm going to say beautiful. Yeah, and that's I'll you're take doing credit. For. I'll just say they, they figured it out somehow right. because right. of this.
0: Right, right. And that's anybody that knows you, Dustin, and it's everybody yeah. in that locker room. Everybody, everybody – you're not Le- Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown yeah, or somebody going to put some there, shit out no there. No one in that
7: locker room now currently, the coaches, especially everyone that knows you personally, took that as um, harsh criticism. Right. It came from a good place, and we all know that because we know you. What happened yeah. was – We saw the message online, or not we, the media, and they turned it to what they wanted to turn it into. And unfortunately, that's what happens these days. Um, But I I would say I'm glad that you're on here. You're able to clear it up, and they can hear your tone and and understand the message.
0: And just for the record, if you heard Dave Tobe's press conference yesterday, presser yesterday, he said you were right.
1: You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network.
2: Well, some other exciting news going on in Kansas City Sports Network and the world, really, is that the World Cup is now over and Argentina won the World Cup. And the World Cup is coming to Kansas City in 2026. Super exciting. And we now have Soccer Channel. We have currently now on Kansas City Sports Network, no other pod. It's awesome. We have a lot of soccer stuff going on in Kansas City with the new women's team. And Daniel and Chris sat down to talk about just that and how the excitement about Casey current is just kind of electrifying the city right now. And what really the difference between, you know, sporting and current will be and how a women's soccer team really fits into Kansas City and what people can expect from going to those games at the new stadium.
9: I wanted to talk to you briefly uh, about your experience at the games this past year, like children's mercy park. uh, You know, we don't have our own stadium yet still kind of piggybacking off the boys stadium there, but how has, how is the game day environment and the festivities felt uh, for you and and your partner when you guys, when you guys come up?
10: Well, we sit with you and, and your partners or your wife. So, you know, that's true. It's always an entertaining and good time. Um, so just to kind of put it in a little bit of context, right? We also attend sporting KC games together. And I know this is a women's podcast, but where I'm going at with this was, you know, as a baseline back in the day with sporting, I feel like there's a lot of events like things were happening, you know, maybe I was younger. I don't know, but there's a lot more excitement, <laughs> a lot of energy. There's things out on the plaza and everything. And then over the past, you know, X amount of years, not much has happened. It just felt really corporate and kind of boring. COVID, right? Maybe COVID, but you know, with the Boulevard brew house, they turned it into the Bud or the Budweiser Bud light or whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've made it, they just, they've corporatized it all. And it's just kind of plain and boring. So that was my experience, you know, as a baseline. And then coming into the current, it's kind of turned that around a little bit. They have more on the plaza, you know, just there's a a much more youthful, a much, you know, more energized feel. They have uh, signings by players, Brianna Scurry, who is a women's national team legend goalkeeper, signed books and, and sign autographs for free. You know, you don't have to pay a thing. Um, You know, they do fireworks, they have more like handouts and giveaways. It just it just feels like they put a lot more effort into Mm -hmm. the game day experience than what you know we're used to in that stadium.
9: Okay. How much of that is uh new car smell? You know what I mean? Like how much of that is uh do we wait a couple years to see well, it won't wear off right away because there's a new stadium (laughs) coming. So they'll have to there'll be some new fresh paint thrown on there. Um I just kind of wonder. All you can do is compare this to sporting because you share a stadium. So that's it's hard hard. Not to. the comparisons there. And you, you look at like giveaways over the years uh, have gone kind of downhill for sporting. Uh, Casey current just finished up their second year. Everything still feels fresh. And I, I think that's a challenge with anything new, dude. If you're in a new position at work, if you know, you want to keep it exciting so you don't get bored and try to find a new job or something uh, this podcast I want to keep it exciting so we don't lose listeners and continue to gain more listeners and stuff like that. But with Casey current right now, thing is things are fun. And I bet in that front, you know, front office area, I bet they talk about it all the time. Let's get a freaking brain, a brainstorm going about how to keep things exciting, keep people entertained, engaged, interested. And I think blue crew helps out a lot with that as well. And I also feel that, uh, a lot of that plaza activity, some the DJ and stuff. But they they did my old ass ears, buddy. They put the merchandise van <laughs> right by the DJ. And I was like, do you have any giant things? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't hear a damn thing. And uh, some kids like going, I can't hear you. And I'm like, me neither, brother. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, it is a big season right now because we still have bowls going on and all three of our teams, the Jayhawks, the Wildcats, and the Tigers are going bowling, but also we have college hoops back in session and the former champions, Kansas Jayhawks, ranked number four right now, but they took on Indiana last Saturday and they defeated them at home Pretty good margin, almost a twenty point win. And on eight and zero seats this week, the boys sat down to talk about that win over Indiana and what it really meant for the program and for the Jayhawks moving forward.
11: Moving on, so I presented a question to you guys before we start recording because I'll be honest. So I pull into Lawrence on Saturday, and there's Indiana fans everywhere. They've got their cool pants, which I tweeted. I love the pants. I'm jealous. Thing about Indiana fans. They wear, like, you don't just see an Indiana fan wearing a KU quarter zip or an Indiana quarter zip and jeans. Those guys are wearing wacky pants, wacky (laughs) shirts, goofy hats. I saw a guy in a full suit. Like, none of them dress normal. And I was kind of thinking, like, man, Indiana fans seem fun. And the guy in front of me, bless his heart, he was a diehard Indiana fan. He was so invested in this game. And he was gutted the entire time. Calling all every the players bucket. by their first name. Oh, yeah. He was texting. Come on, like, I, was over, I was reading over his shoulder, and he's, like, texting, calling him, you know, Xavier Johnson. He's calling him X. At one point, he tweeted, like, we're scared to death, um, which I loved. I wanted to be like, yeah, you are. He was like, we're scared to death. We won't even shoot. Um, they were. But – so it got me thinking like Indiana fans are so passionate and they showed out and it was very impressive. And it was even more impressive that we were able to completely just shut them up. They did not get the cheer at all. And I was legitimately worried with, you know, students didn't show up very well. I know it was Christmas break and I don't know, whatever. Don't want to get into that. I It was the uh, first time Christmas break was a yeah, thing at but, KU in history. But uh, yeah. It did feel like a game if Indiana got out to like an 8-0, 8-2 lead, like that was a game where all of a sudden the Indiana crowd was going to be a true factor, and instead it was the complete opposite and they weren't a thing. So all that to say, I was sitting there thinking about that game. I think Indiana fans are awesome. They seem fun. They were good sports, I felt like. They weren't really like, you know, being like when Kentucky fans come down on the there's a lot of tools. If you had to like reverse your life and you're born again, but you're just born into your same human you are now, but you're just born into a different family that cheers for a different school. If you had to choose one and not necessarily based on success, but just like, who do you want to be a fan of outside of Kansas? And I'll be honest. I think if you just told me handpick, I'm not sure I'm not picking KU. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> no, like so what I'm saying <laughs> Obviously, in this one, you can't pick KU. But let's say the, the question remains the same. If you just get to pick when you're born, who you get to cheer for, based on what we've seen in our life, is KU the pick? Or is it Duke? Is, I don't know. So, whatever. I went off on the wrong route there. I want to know. I don't think anyone should
5: say other than KU.
2: Another very exciting win last Saturday was the Mizzou Tigers win over UCF on the road. And on Mizzou That's Who this week, Tucker, Gabe and Maggie sit down with Deandre Golston to talk about his game winning shot over UCF and how that really played into his entire week. This week, you know, he's, he talks about Mizzou's camaraderie as a team and what this win really meant for the program and for him as a player. And yeah, he definitely checks out those tweets of the funny memes and the videos people made of that shot. So he sits down with them on Mizzou, that's who this week, to talk about the win, the team, and the electrifying shot that won the game for them.
12: Are you a guy after that game, like, did you go watch the Twitter video and and, and search your name and stuff, or did you try to just kind of get past it pretty quick?
13: I watched it a lot of times. It was circulating so much, I couldn't get past it, so... I just try to embrace it, you know, and have half with my, um, my brothers on the team and just enjoy it, you know, for the time that we had.
12: Well, I just hope you saw the one where they put the Titanic music behind me because that's always <laughs> the best one.
13: <laughs> I saw that one. I saw that
12: one.
10: I watched it a lot too, so don't don't feel bad. I think I was sitting on my family at Christmas this weekend, and I was just like – they were like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, just watching Mizzou win how they typically never win. So it was amazing. <laughs>
12: Thank you for that. You gave all of us like a great Saturday. Uh, Dre, when, when your teammates are all coming at you, what's it like being on the bottom of one of those piles? Because like I got to think, if you're the guy at the bottom of that, you're like, you guys got to get off me. This is awesome.
13: <laughs> yeah, it's not fun, especially when I, uh, the guys are big and strong. It's not fun. But um, no, it was exciting. You know, those those are guys I love. I love they embraced me and I embraced them. So that was, that was a good part about it. But like I said, they were some big guys, though, so one wasn't fun.
7: <laughs> well, Drew, I got a question, man, because coming off of that Kansas game, tough game, you go into this game kind of knowing you got a tough stretch ahead, knowing this this UCF team is, is a tough basketball team as well. Uh, what was kind of your guys' mindset going into this game and really throughout the game?
13: Um, we just wanted to show um, how resilient we are and how tough we are. We needed this one. The whole entire Missoula, everyone that believes in us, we all needed it. So um, we knew coming to the game that we had to be focused, locked in, and play as hard as we could, um, and it showed for a while. You know, we were up what 14 to 15 in the second half for the most part, and they they fall back. They're a good team, so we have to give credit to them. But like I said, we, we needed this one bad. So um, for for us to win the way we won, it was it was it was big for us, and big for the entire community.
2: There was a cool moment right after you made the shot, and you look right over at Coach Gates. I watched it multiple times in the video. Is that something that, like, you know that he has that confidence in you to take that shot? You know you have that confidence in yourself to take that shot? I know you've made game winners before. You're you're not really new to it. But is that just the confidence that he gives you in practice yes, every um, day?
13: Yes, every day to everyone on the team, he instills confidence all the time. Um, no matter if we're having a bad shooting night, we're playing bad, he always believes, he always tells us, that he, he trusts us and believes in us, so not let it go, and he felt good. and I made it. I looked at him because he kept me. No, I didn't start the last game, and he, he kept, he just kept believing in me and trusting in me to stay in the second half, and it worked out for us. So uh, I wanted to prove him right and prove myself right as well.
12: I, I want to know, like I had multiple people say after they watched that shot, like Coach Gates doesn't look that excited. Like does he – do you guys see him with emotion? Because when he's on the sidelines, man, it is even keel. We don't see a lot.
13: Yeah, he's, he's a lot different to us, you know, in, in practicing <laughs> behind closed doors. But, you know, he always tells us, um, you know, just to stay level, stay cool, you know, just don't show emotions out in, in the public eye. And that's what he does. He's a good He's good at things. Great leader. So we just follow upon him. He caught himself. He wanted to show emotion, but he, he caught himself a little bit and, and he, <laughs> he relaxed.
2: Like I said, it is also a busy time with college football still going on. It is still bowl season. And – We've got probably about mm, a week or two left um, until the Jayhawks, the Wildcats, and the Tigers play on New Year's. So exciting. But on 3Mall this week, John, D.Y., and Cole sat down to talk about signing. Signing day. Early signing period opened Wednesday this week so that recruits could officially sign to commit to their colleges for football. And Kansas State got some nice recruits. There have been some changes and this whole how the transfer portal works is just crazy now. But with people flipping their decisions last minute, recruits just choosing a different team entirely, and just how Kansas State really fared coming out of this signing day.
4: Uh, biggest miss. <laughs> biggest miss. This is, this is a tougher category, man. There have not been as many as many big misses here. Yeah, but there
8: was some significant ones and two come to mind. Right. They were pretty notable. You got Joshua Manning, which is who I picked because yeah. you essentially had him. And then he tried to tell Drinkwitz no and Drinkwitz, you know, did his thing. And then Dylan Edwards, you know, that was another one. I mean, I mean, he missed him still, right? He flipped to Notre Dame, then he flipped to Colorado. I mean, maybe at the end of the day, you're gonna be count your blessings that you can't stay didn't have him, or he'll be in the transfer portal in a wildcat in a couple of years. Who knows, right? We'll never know. But uh, in terms of misses, those guys are I mean, substantial prospects that are actually committed to the coaching staff at one point. Um, just imagine this recruiting class. If those two hadn't like reversed what they had done and they'd be in this class too and you're talking about you know it's already an historic group but that's a different era if they would have pulled those two off and and kept it yeah. under, on the books
4: yeah but that's that's i would also just point out like that's the game man if you're gonna be signing a top 40 class which k-state is as of right now you're gonna have some of that you're gonna have some big wins and you're gonna have yep. some losses just to be in in the game and uh that that's how it goes they've, they've won more than their fair share um, last year was Caden Crawford, which was a painful one to, to watch him go to Iowa. Matthew Langlois in 21, going to LSU. Yep. Uh, Jacob Gamble. That, this list gets pretty funny. After Jacob Gamble in 2019, Cole, you want to guess who the, the biggest miss in uh, 2019 was? This is the funniest part of the whole list. I, I, can't, even, I can't even think of who they were chasing in 2019. That well, um, he plays the same position as Asa Newsom, albeit not quite as well. Uh oh Gavin Potter. That is correct. Yes, that is correct. It was uh, I mean they good did good lose good them some weight. So. Uh best best miss. That was the best miss you could have. Yes. And then so. as if that wasn't funny enough, 2018. Cole, would you like to take a guess who the biggest miss was in 2018? Please give me a clue. Uh um, position? Also a linebacker. It did play in the Big 12 or uh I actually just literally gave you the answer because the answer was a linebacker. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's Just just the position of linebacker. They, they missed everybody. Biggest, if you want evidence as to how far K-State recruiting has come in the last five years, 2018's biggest miss was a linebacker they (laughs) forgot to recruit they forgot to get the position okay so okay (laughs) meanwhile (laughs) this year the biggest miss was like two national recruits and Josh Manning and, and Dylan Edwards so yeah we've come a long
1: way
2: Kansas State has definitely come a long way in the last few years so have the Kansas Jayhawks in football in the last year even Mizzou on the rise right now with college basketball, and we have a Saturday game for Chiefs this weekend. Bring your coats, bring your mittens, bring everything you can. It is going to be a cold one, but Mahomes has said that he enjoys a snow game, so maybe this is one of those games where he just goes off. We don't know, but it is going to be a great weekend with Christmas, football, cold. Everyone stay warm, stay cozy, and enjoy the Chiefs on Saturday. This has been the best for thing.
1: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain, educate, inform KC Sports Network.
7: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.